Now on RN, we are joined by Persian music royalty. King Ram is the stage name of our next guest, Ram Amami. Ram describes himself as a nomadic artist and cultural miscreant, and his life story spans two starkly opposing worlds, born in Iran but raised in the US. His music career began in Tehran's underground punk scene in the 2000s. Ram didn't mean for his song The Hunter to be an anthem of Iran's green movement protests in 2009, but it did become one. He also didn't mean to create a podcast that would be a beacon and an outlet for Persian speakers around the world, but that's what Musti Orosti has become, with over 40 million downloads, which is putting him roughly 40 million ahead of Sunday Extra. Ram is currently in Australia, and I think he was meant for that to happen. I'm very pleased to say that Ram Amami joins us now on RN. Ram, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Ram, could you start by telling us who turned up at your doorstep in Canada a couple of years ago and what they said to you? Well, it was the Canadian Secret Service on behalf of the FBI. It, it was an interesting, almost comical experience. <laughs> I'm just in the backyard, no shirt on, and there's a knock at the door. You know, I come. My mom's like, there's some fellas at the door. And then the whole process of how they introduce themselves and how you have to verify their badge or something by calling a number that plays some elevator music that you put on hold to. It was so Canadian and, you know, so <laughs> proper and polite. And the first thing that they did was that they apologized for coming to see us so late. And they basically were talking to us about how the lives of certain dual nationals of Iranian Canadian descent are under threat, you know. And this is a couple of weeks before the famed New York uh, Iranian journalist Masih Ahmadinejad was, uh, there was an assassination attempt on her life in New York which the uh, American Secret Service luckily unfoiled. I was surprised that they were even at our house because I'm like, what kind of threat would I pose? I'm just like this bomb who lives in his mom's basement. You know, I was recording a podcast talking nonsense into the world and makes music. So it, was, it came as a bit of a shock in the sense that in Iran, everyone's life is under threat. You, you never know when you're going to wake up one day and you're arrested for treason for charges that all fabricated with with some sham trial and then the next thing you wake up and you're gone and everybody just goes on their lives and ram you're not really talking in the abstract there are you because that exactly happened to your father and he lost his life for that reason exactly could you tell us a little bit about your father his life and what happened to him my father lived his whole life in service of others you know getting a, a master's degree and a phd degree at a young age and started teaching from a very young age he always loved his country. He loved Iran, and he wanted to serve Iran in any capacity that he could. Even during the Iran-Iraq war in the in the eighties, you know, running out of people to come on the front lines. And oh, my dad was quite a pacifist too, mind you. And I always wondered, like, my dad, did you ever like kill anyone? He's like, oh, I don't know. I would close my eyes and just shoot in the sky, hoping my bullets wouldn't hit anyone. But he was eventually hit by like an Apache helicopter he had to be taken away to a hospital, and uh, the. Like, but I'm, what I'm trying to say is that this, he did everything he could for the, his country, his land, the environment, because he loved it so much. Even though deep down, his values had nothing to do with those fanatical, religious, fundamentalist values. I think that the most twisted fate that could ever happen to him was to be arrested and killed in a prison in a country on false charges of espionage and this paranoia that the government had against anyone who's slightly educated or has a, a certain name for himself. It's very difficult to sort of make sense of how 
such a horrific and violent act can happen to such a peaceful man. That's the point that, that I wanted to make is that it's a place where anyone can get executed or killed. And just a few days ago, another innocent Iranian was executed. A young 23-year-old by the name of Mohammad Kowadlou. I understand like in Iran, we have to experience this horrible tragedy. But on the other side of the planet, you're thinking to yourself, okay, I live in complete freedom here and security and safety. So the fact that the agents of the regime still threaten expats is, is a terrifying notion. You know, we, we fled Iran because we didn't want to be living under that constant threat anymore. Uh, after my father was killed in prison, the regime, you know, constantly was harassing our family, especially my mom. They bombed into me in the street one day and told me to be careful to not be suicided as a verb because their claim was that my father had committed suicide in prison, which never turned out to be, you know, true. You know, in a million years, I never thought this would happen to our family. On RN, we're speaking with Ram Amami, King Ram. And Ram, you had the agents of a different regime, the Canadian regime, turn up at your door. And they told you that you were on a list of people who might be assassinated. Do you know whether that was because of the association with your father or was it also to do with your music and your podcast? You know, it's funny because they never said directly that I'm on the list, but they, they didn't say I'm not on the list either. They just told me in a list. There is a list. There well, that's, that's list. disturbing enough. You know, yeah. and, and so basically what the point is that you're, you're being careful. You're treading, you know, dangerous water and territory. They were telling me to not travel to the countries, you know, near border Iran because we can't help you. And all these other type of things. They asked a bunch of other security-related questions that, you know, I can bring you up over this interview. But it's really scary and, and crazy that someone like myself who, I'm just trying to make art. I'm not so much like a political activist. But I mean, in a sense, aren't we all like, how can you be Iranian and not be a political activist? Everything about your life is like politically driven. But I also think that my podcast, in a way, even though it directly wasn't very political, it's more, you know, I talk about everything from, you know, my personal life and addictions and problems and sex, drugs, rock and roll, and all these taboo subjects in our culture that people are really afraid about talking. But I think people who have the ability, whether it's just a, a, a few people, but if you can inspire the minds of, of a couple of younger people or the next generation, that's something that they're really afraid of, I think. Mm, mm. And you see kids wanting to express themselves without fear of reprisal, especially for the woman, because the woman in, that, in our country have been the bravest to, to put up with this patriarchal nonsense for so many years in that society. And this woman-led movement, I think, inspired all of us to pick it up a notch, because how much longer are we going to allow innocent people like my father being killed in prison? Mm, mm. Tell us more about the podcast, Ram. I sort of described it as an accidental hit. Tell us what the title translates as, how the first episode happened, and what's happened since then. Yes, yeah, so the title is called Masturosti, which translates sort of loosely to the drunken truth. And it's from this ancient tradition where the old governors and senators would get together and, and, and drink and come to some sort of conclusion on a bill. And the next day, when they were sobered up, they would have to make a decision again on the same bill. And if they all <laughs> concluded to the same way, then the, 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 the bill would pass. But it's loosely based on that and some other sort of metaphors from our culture. And there's that just a vulnerability, the honesty of just speaking truth. And in our culture where people were terrified of exposing themselves and being vulnerable, you know, there's 
Like I said, it's a very macho, very patriarchal society and a, a sign of weakness if you talk about your own shortcomings, if about your own problems in your own life. And I just was really depressed and, and I have nothing to lose. And, 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 and my mom was stuck. She was held hostage in Iran. There was, you know, um, the, the government was killing people. Over 1,500 people were killed in, in Tehran around the time in the street protests. And... I was so miserable. I felt so helpless being on this side of the planet. So I just came to basically share my own sentiments and, and about how I felt about everything. And I ironically, the first episode that I took is about an ayahuasca trip that I have. <laughs> it's like this really crazy psychedelic experience. And people are like, what the fuck is this guy on about? Like no one had ever heard any person in our culture. I, I mean, literally in the history of, of Iranian media, no one had come out and openly talked about the things that I had done. And all of a sudden, everybody was tuning in to the, to this podcast. And, and I couldn't believe that there were so many people listening to it. And is the audience in Iran or in the diaspora or both? Do you have a sense of how it splits? Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty much half and half. Obviously, there was a void that I just happened to fill for whatever reason. And I've been a musician in like over 20 years of my life. But the, the success of the podcast that out of just a few years has surpassed. Like all of my, you know, music <laughs> credential. So it's it's interesting just how someone can literally be in the basement of their house and speak to millions of people. Yeah, it's it's become such an integral part of my life now that it's 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 not only an excuse for me to come and talk and vent and share stories, but it's also a, an opportunity for me to learn more about other people and other people's experiences. Because I think through sharing stories as our ancestors did around the fire, it's like the most powerful medium that people get inspired to create their own stories. Could you give us a sense of how people in Iran, if they can communicate with you, how they respond to the podcast or some of the range of responses that you've got, what you think you're tapping into by this podcast? To just give you an example, so I have like a couple of uh, channels that people can connect to me directly and send voice messages that I sometimes play on the show. I have probably over a couple hundreds of thousands of voice messages and someone can do like a sociology degree. I'll just lift mm. to these people and all of their problems, their stories, their adventures. And it's fascinating because when you open up, it gives other people the, the bravery to open up as well. You know, I, I talk a lot about my dad and how difficult it was. You know, that moment when you realize, holy shit, this was the last time I said goodbye to my father in the stairway of our home it was the last time I ever saw him. And I didn't know that was, was going to be the last time I ever saw him. And that got me thinking a lot of these last moments that all of us have with a loved one, with someone that we deeply care about. You never know when that last moment is going to be. And I asked people to send me some voice messages of similar experiences. And my God, you cannot listen to that episode without going through a whole box of Kleenex crying. It's just so intense, all the stories that people come and share. And it's powerful because... It, it, it humanizes this, this horrifying, terrifying experience in the sense where people can sort of get a glimpse of what it's like for someone else to be going through such a difficult time. Ram, how easy and safe is it for people to listen to your podcast in Iran? In Iran, the kids are smart. Everything is censored on the internet, but they find ways with VPNs and ways to circumvent the censorship. I mean, Iran's wet dream is to turn into North Korea 2.0, control of every flow of information that they possibly can to monitor and control the people. And they're trying to. So it's it's an uphill battle um, with with this, you know, very evil regime that we have in place in Iran, especially given the fact that 
they they have nowhere else to go in the world. There's there, nobody is sympathetic to these people. You know, so maybe Venezuela or North Korea, and they will burn down the whole ship and take everyone down with them before they leave. So it's it's not going to be an easy process. I I, I pray that it will be a, a nonviolent, peaceful transition of power, but. You know, the way things are looking, I don't know what, 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 what is in store for our future, unfortunately. I think the only next logical step is we have to see when the supreme leader dies and in the absence of his power, what, I don't know what will happen then. But I'm not very optimistic in the short term, to be honest. Mm. Well, Ram, it's been a great pleasure speaking with you. Thank you so much for joining us on Sunday Extra. Thank you for having me. appreciate it. That was Ram Amami, who appeared recently with Javad Alipur at the Sydney Festival show Things Hidden Since the Foundation of the World, and we heard from Javad Alipur about that last year on Sunday Extra. Ram Amami is performing as King Ram in Melbourne on the 16th of February at the Gasometer and on the 17th in Sydney at the Factory. And let's finish up this hour with uh, by hearing a little bit of King Ram. This is the song that became something of an icon of the Green Movement uh, protests back in Iran in 2008-9. This is King Ram and The Hunter.
that is The Hunter. Fantastic track by King Ram, which is the performing name of Canadian-Iranian musician Ram Amami, also the founder of the hit podcast Musty or Rusty. Find more great ABC RN stories that take you beyond the headlines on the ABC Listen app.